0: And how significant that uh, this is our last Sunday in this building. I'm really excited about next week. Um, I'm really excited about moving. Does it, does it sound a bit funny or is it me? Okay. It's me. That's all right. I'll take that. Um, this morning I, I'm going to be speaking about strongholds. And um, what I want to do in order to kind of set the scene is to read to you from 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verses 3 to 5. That's 2 Corinthians, chapter 10, verses 3 to 5. There's going to be nothing on the overheads today, but you will get a nice little business cardy type thing, nicely laminated, and the girls who cut them out for me have done a brilliant job uh, for you to take away with these verses on it. Okay, 2 Corinthians 10, verses 3 to 5, then it says, For though we live in the world... We do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. The weapons that we have are not natural weapons. They are supernatural weapons, what to do to do a supernatural job. So what you need to understand is sort of right at the beginning of what I want to say today is that is my bottom line. What I'm going to be talking about is the supernatural battle to make an earthly difference, okay? Because the battle we are in is not against the things of this world, but against the things of the supernatural world. Okay, so we got that? That's good. Now, I looked up online. Uh, do you know, I, I know I sort of go on a little bit about my, my age, but my age is not a stronghold for me. It's not a position I am entrenched in, it's nothing I need to defend. When you call me old, it means nothing. Because there are still lots of people older than me. When I'm the oldest person in the world, and you call me old, then I'll say, I'll own that. <clears throat> but I looked up because before I would have had to have gone to a shelf, got a book, and had a look. Now you just tap it in on your Google search bar, p-ching, and then you get lots of options. So I looked up uh, stronghold noun. Now a noun is a naming word, all right, so... A stronghold. It is a place where a particular cause or belief is strongly defended or upheld. Ooh. We talk in terms of a conservative stronghold, a Labour stronghold. We're getting, unfortunately, to UKIP strongholds, where there are so many votes. It's like I used to live in uh, Cow Plain, and and the the Conservative candidate there, his... his, uh, or the MP... His votes are never counted, they're weighed because there's so many of them. It's like they could put a donkey up there and he'd still get, or the donkey would get voted in Um, because it's a conservative stronghold. Everybody there, most people there, will vote conservative. So it's that kind of thing. These are the strongholds that we're talking about. Um, But the second definition of a stronghold is a place that has been fortified so as to protect it against attack. Now, we're celebrating the uh, 100th anniversary of the First World War, and there were strongholds in those trenches that they had made out of cement, out of concrete, and the soldiers in them were were quite strong. They They were quite well defended, and actually it took a concerted attack to get control of that stronghold, whether it was through guns or Grenades or bombs and personal man-on-man, soldier-on-soldier attack to get into that stronghold. And, you know, the strongholds that hold us back are very similar to those, in that if we allow them, they become entrenched. They become embedded in us, embedded in our minds, embedded in our spirit, embedded in our, in our patterns of behavior, so that actually, if we're not careful, there need to be huge battles to get rid of those strongholds in the natural. But in the supernatural, it only takes Jesus to shift the stronghold. And I think that is amazing. I think that's, that's really uh, exciting. I also looked up a couple of uh, definitions of strongholds. And the first one is by a chap called Neil Anderson. And he said, A mental habit, patterns of thought that are not consistent with God's word. So these strongholds do not match up to God's word. Okay? Secondly, it's a mindset, that's just how you think, impregnated with hopelessness that causes us to accept As unchangeable situations that we know are contrary or against God's will. So these mental strongholds that we allow to have control in our lives stop us and make us believe things that we know are against what God wants for us. And that is terrible. That is terrible when we allow ourselves to believe that the situation we are in is unchangeable because the Bible tells us with God all things are excellent. They are. So these, these strongholds are what we're going to be looking at this morning. So first of all, the question I have for you is how are strongholds formed? Well, if we go back to the First World War, there was a lot of work involved in digging a trench, making foundations, pouring in the cement and all that sort of stuff. Well, our strongholds are are formed in some of the following ways. The first one is our environment, where we find ourselves. Now, it could be to do with your family upbringing. Not all of us have perfect parents. Not all of us are perfect parents. But with Jesus' help, you know, we try our best. So it may be that in your family, some really awful things or some really bad things and really negative things have happened. It might have been that ever since you were a child, you were told you were useless. If you hear it long enough, you believe it. If you believe it, it becomes a stronghold. And you begin to think, I am useless, therefore anything I do will not be a success that is a stronghold that needs to be shifted. For those of you who don't know, Louise and I have a, uh, young, our youngest daughter. Um, we don't know what's wrong with her. And uh, we'd, we'd had some tests and an MRI scan and different things, and we were going for the diagnosis. And we felt it really important that Olivia, even though she has hearing loss, wasn't in the room when those words were spoken. Now, I know for some of us, if we've got a medical condition, it's really useful to know what that medical condition is so that we can take the right medicine, all that sort of thing. But with Olivia, we didn't know what it was. And we didn't want those words spoken over her. We still don't know what it is, but we still believe that God can and will work a miracle. It's not a stronghold for us. And people find that very hard to believe when they meet us, that actually, Olivia, isn't a barrier to our faith, a barrier to our relationship with God, a barrier to us seeing God use us when we pray for other people. When I pray for people and I see them healed, that's not a barrier to me. That's not a stronghold that my daughter isn't yet in that position. I don't know when that's going to be. And you know, in some, some way, I don't care. Because it's not going to stop me doing the things that God has called me to do. OK, So, that, so our family and our upbringing, the community we live in. we're committed to Somerstown. You know, Somerstown has a very bad reputation. And one of the strongholds we as church need to stand and to make a difference in is that it's a horrible place. It isn't. It's lovely. We live in Summerstown. A lot of the leadership team live in Summerstown. Wouldn't live anywhere else. The only thing we would have is a slightly bigger garden, maybe. Um, but we've... Yeah, swimming pool would be great. Uh, um, but we love our neighbours. Our neighbours have moved in. It's such a God appointment that we are there. Summerstown is a brilliant place, but the stronghold is there. that It's horrible. You wouldn't want to live there. You wouldn't want to walk through there at night. We walk through there at night. It's not a problem. I, I grew up in a council house in an area where, ooh, you're a council kid. Well, you, you just get, with me, I guess it kind of depends on your personality. I thought, well, stuff you, you know. You're a, you're a stuck-up middle-class person who lives, who lives in a nice house. I don't. I still live in a council house where it's not going to be for much longer. Yes. We are building our own stronghold there in Summers Road. Um, but those are labels that children and, and people will use. They try and get you. But I am not defined. You are not defined by what is said by you about you and to you, except by one person, and that is God. Yeah. Because God says to you, you are my child, I love you, I love you, I love you, I died for you, I give you freedom. That's what we should be defined by. Not by what people might call us, by the colour of our skin, by our upbringing, by where we live, by, by our family, by our genes. By our friends. Do you know some of the worst damage done to people? By their friends. Do you know, it's, sometimes it's a difficult thing to say, I don't want to be your friend anymore, because you do nothing but speak negative stuff into my life. Because as friends, we should be building each other up. As church, we should be building each other up. By work, at work, there's lots of negative stuff. If you're, you know, it, it's the whole thing. Do not be defined by your environment, by your family, by the negative things that have been spoken over to you. Now, if you're friends with me on Facebook, one of my friends posted a picture of me from the 80s. Yes, I'm going to kill him. I look a bit like Bobby Ball, a bit like Kevin Keegan in the 80s, but I'll tell you something, ladies and gentlemen, that hair is natural. It was not a perm, all right? And the moustache down here, I can show you how to grow a moustache. But I'm not defined by that picture. I'm not ashamed of that, because I could have got Gav to take it down, but like, he's, he's my friend. Um, but I want you to, that kind of, let's go back a few years, The hulking 16-, 17-, 18-year-old guy who used to have to take his mum to the dentist with him because he didn't want to go into the dentist. And if his mum was working, he went to his auntie next door, who looked quite a lot like his mum, so people would think it was his mum, and took her into the dentist with him. I could never understand why I wouldn't go into the dentist on my own. I was prayed for one day, a few years after that, by somebody who prayed about a spirit of fear that had built a stronghold in me. Because when I was four years old, my dad grew vegetables in the garden, and I had a passion for raw, veg- uh, for raw peas. I still love peas. I still eat frozen peas. Um, but I used to sneak and get them out of the shuck and eat them. I ran away from home at four years old. I, I, wanted, I want you to know I'm not, I haven't been a perfect child. Okay. I ran away from home at four, uh, four years old because my mum wouldn't let me go out to play. Luckily, the park was just like 10, ten yards away, and I found this whole row of raw peas. And I thought, great. What I didn't know is they were deadly nightshade. So, of course, I went home, and one of the neighbours grasped on me and said Martin was eating deadly nightshade up the park. So I was taken to St. Mary's Hospital, and I had my stomach pumped out. What I do remember is the nurse is saying, oh, he's had a nice tea, hasn't he? But I also remember, and bearing in mind, because of my age, there weren't nice thin tubes then. It, to me, it seemed massive. This tube filled up the whole of my throat, had another one going up my nose, pumping it all out. But that was the moment that a stronghold was formed in me about laying down, laying back on my back with my mouth open, with a light in my face and somebody shoving around things in my, in my mouth. It wasn't the experience of having my stomach pumped. It was my reaction to that that caused a, a, a stronghold. That I had to take another person that I trusted into the dentist with me. And some of you may have had a traumatic experience that has resulted in a stronghold in your life. The experience itself was probably horrible and probably been dealt with. But your reaction, your pattern of behavior that has carried on since then is what is causing or has caused created a stronghold. And God wants to help you deal with that today. So it's environment, it's traumatic experiences, it's temptation. Temptation in itself is not a bad thing. Jesus was tempted in the wilderness. How did he answer the devil? He quoted scripture at him. He knew God's word. He was able to say, get away from me, and able to quote the scripture at the devil. And then he went away. Temptation is not a bad thing. God always gives us a way out, always. Now, I wear, i wear. sorry, it's not really all about me today. I wear contact lenses, and sometimes I begin to get a very little burning sensation in my eye. And I know if I carry on wearing my contact lenses day in, day out, I'm going to end up with an eye infection. I've got a warning. There's a warning there. Now, the Bible tells us that we will not be tempted any more than we can stand, so, using temptation as an excuse for a repeated pattern of behavior, sorry, it doesn't cut it. How do I know that? Because it's what the Bible says. It's not me. It's what the Bible says. So, strongholds are often formed through giving in to temptation almost deliberately. It's kind of deliberate sin. That's, that's a hard thing to say. It's probably a hard thing to kind of admit to yourself that you deliberately give in to temptation. Why do we do it? Well, usually it's quite a nice thing. I've yet to meet anybody who really hates the experience of sinning because usually sin is an enjoyable thing. Am I wrong? Okay, I am wrong. All right, then never mind. Um, But I find that... Anyway. Repeated sin, giving in to temptation. It's kind of like a deliberate thing. So we've got those, that's how strongholds are formed. Well, what, what are the effects of these strongholds on us? Well, first of all, is it gives us a faulty view of reality. Because we have allowed a stronghold to take, or a stronghold has got hold of us, however that's happened, we get a distorted, we get a wrong view of reality. It's a bit like wearing 3D glasses without watching a 3D film? If you look through those glasses... Or if you borrow somebody's glasses and put them on, you usually can't see a thing. Or you find out they're a faker and they're only wearing, like, clear glass. But you don't see properly. You see properly when you're wearing the right glasses or if you're not wearing glasses if you don't need them. And strongholds are a bit like that. They affect the way that you see things. They affect the way that you believe things. And that's really the important thing. Now, again, a little bit about me. I grew up thinking I didn't like curry because I'd never had curry at home. The reason I'd never had curry at home is my mum didn't like the smell, and she thought she didn't like curry. So, of course, when I discovered curry, oh-ho, it was great, and then you, yeah. But you distorted reality. Pattern of behavior. Believing that I didn't like something when I'd never even tried it. So we get a distorted, a wrong view of reality. It also strongholds help us make bad choices. Einstein said insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Now, we all struggle sometimes with being a Christian, If you don't, please tell me what what your secret is. I struggle. But we all struggle from time to time in our our walk of faith. And if we have allowed strongholds to affect our view, to affect our beliefs, then doing the same thing over and over again and expecting spiritual maturity isn't going to happen. Again, growing in our faith, very simple pray listen read the bible worship spend time with god that's how we mature as christians there's no easy well that is easy actually but there is no really simple solution well it is simple do you know isn't christianity isn't ah do you know jesus makes it so simple how do i get to know you spend time with me how do we break strongholds? Well, we will come on to that. But So strongholds give us a, a faulty view of reality. They make us, or they help us make bad choices. And ultimately, it's not healthy because we're not living the life that God wants us to do. Because these strongholds, pattern of behavior, it's kind of a default. I, I don't really know much about computers, but I had... I did one of the things that probably none of you have ever done. You click on something when it says, do you want to update this? And then all these little windows appear all over the place. And uh, you have to get somebody like Gaz to look at your computer and then you buy some malware and it takes everything away. But they're still there. They're still hiding. The only way to do it is to reset your com- Pabs told me this. To reset your computer in, from, like, a long time ago and it will, re, it will set to the default settings. I don't know what I'm talking about. All right, <laughs> But it gets rid of everything that has been downloaded and put on your computer that shouldn't be there. And if we allow Jesus to demolish the strongholds, it takes us back to our default setting. And our default setting is to have a relationship with God. When God created human beings... He created us to have a relationship with him. And all the crap that we download into our lives, whether it's through ignorance, pressing yes when you should have pressed no, or deliberately looking for stuff and downloading it because you think, oh, that will be good. We need to go back to the default setting. And I think, I think it's brilliant that it is it, that simple. <clears throat> so we come on then into how to demolish uh, strongholds in a war situation as i said it's mortar shells bombs hand grenades guns hand to hand fighting i'm certainly glad that jesus is not like that that jesus when he helps me deal with a stronghold doesn't like send in a mortar bomb and then when i'm shattered in pieces comes along and picks out the shrapnel and yeah i'm glad he doesn't do that but here are some simple steps that will help us The first one is to check if you have a stronghold. Because although I'm talking about strongholds, I'm not saying everybody's got one. What I'm saying is that sometimes we have them and we're not aware of them. Sometimes we're fully aware. And and I think as as a parent, you begin to understand sometimes your children will do something wrong and they know they're doing something wrong and you know they're doing something wrong. And if you ask them, are you doing something wrong, they say no. Or maybe my children are different to everybody else's. must be their dad's genes, not their mum's. But it's, the first step is to check if you have a stronghold. Now, what, what kind of things do you, should you do? Well, it's to ask yourself spiritual questions. And I don't mean spiritual questions. Do you go to church on Sundays? Yes, I do. How's my relationship with Jesus? Do I find praying easy? Do I find giving in to temptation easy or hard? Do I know what to do? Those are the kind of questions that we need to ask ourselves. Um, are you feeling held back in your walk with Jesus? And I think that's, that, for me, is probably the key. If you're feeling held back, and I'm not talking about the n- normal stuff that we have in our lives that holds us back. Time. we always, I use time. Time is a very good excuse. Um, I don't have enough time to read the Bible as much as I should. I don't have enough time to pray. Funnily that, isn't it? I have enough time to go on Facebook and do my journey of Jesus. Hmm. Which is a game, by the way, not a spiritual thing. Um, (laughs) We'll always make time to do the things we want to do. Challenge for me, and I hope a challenge for you, find a bit of extra time to spend with Jesus. Because that can only do you good that's the great thing about following Jesus. These things can only do us good. It's great, isn't it? It's a win-win situation. So check if you've got a stronghold. Secondly, decide to change. It's all to do with the mind. If we go back to the reading right at the very beginning um, that I read, is about... Um, no, it's not. It's one that I'm going to be doing from Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, that says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And you know, our minds are what control everything else that goes on in our life. Our mind and our will. But it's the mind that makes the decision. So you can decide today to change, and you can change. No action is ever really done without thinking about it, unless it's kind of the involuntary thing, you know, where you have the hammer on the knee and your your leg goes out, and if it doesn't go out, apparently you're not really there. Um. But no action is involuntary to do with our will. To do with what we do. No sin, however, is involuntary. No sin is a knee jerk reaction. Any sin that we do is thought about. And that's kind of scary, really. So, oh, thank you. Is it not? So, you need to, yes, yeah, you need to check that you've got one, decide to change, then you need to form a plan. Uh, if you've identified a stronghold, you've decided that you want to change, you need to pray, and to pray with someone is always good. To pray with someone else is always good. That prayer should include a confession, if necessary, identifying the problem, asking Jesus to break the stronghold, not just leaving it there, though, but asking the Holy Spirit to come and to fill you up and to take the place that the stronghold had on you. Because I can guarantee you, if you confess a stronghold and say, oh yes, I've done that. I'm sorry, Jesus, take it away. But don't fill it up with anything. Then you're in trouble. Gareth has spoken before about when there has been some spiritual stuff going on and that good old demon legion, wow, well, a thousand of them came in. And if we don't fill our house up our body with the Holy Spirit then we're leaving ourselves open to other strongholds being formed and to other spiritual warfare taking place which will not do us good so we need to make sure that we replace what we are kicking out next is to reprogram your mind back to the default setting reprogram yourself if you know that staying up late at night and going on the internet is not good for you don't do it it's kind of sick you know isn't it annoying when somebody stands up at the front and everything they say you think yeah tell me something new i don't need to tell you something new until you've done the stuff that we're already telling you and it is if you just reprogramming your mind if you are repeating a pattern of behavior if i walk past the Sweet aisle in Asda. Now in our house of confession time, I will only ever buy <laughs> chocolate if it's on offer. Do you know it's amazing? Asda and Tesco's know that <laughs> because they've always got an offer on. Cadbury's Dairy Milk Giant Buttons, a pound, <laughs> bargain. My wife has told me, I am not allowed to buy any more chocolate until I've eaten what there is in the (laughs) cupboard. Result, result. Um. (laughs) No, no. But I can stop that by not walking down that aisle that has the chocolate offers on it. It's very simple, very simple. Stop repeating patterns of behaviour. Stop speaking out negative things about yourself. And stop speaking out negative things about other people. There is a huge, huge difference between speaking into somebody's life when you've been invited, as in like, I want to be accountable to you, speak what needs to be corrected in my life, to... Oh, hello, how are you? Oh, you shouldn't be doing that, that, or that. I didn't give you permission to do that. Don't speak negative about yourself or about other people. <coughs> reject them as they come in. Reject them as they come it's, it's an instant thing. If people speak badly, negatively about you, reject it straight away. That doesn't mean if Gareth innocently says something to me I say "I rebuke you in Jesus name I'm not going to accept that." That's cuz that doesn't help relationship, but also he might not he might not have meant what he said. But if people say to me "You're fat and you're ugly," well I might be fat but I'm not ugly. <laughs> Is it going to change my mind uh, change my life? No, it's not. If I'm told I'm useless and I can't do anything, That will affect my life. So I say, Jesus, I know that's not true. I'm working on some things. Help me. End of. It doesn't take root. It doesn't take root. And uh, finally, have a plan. Now, I I love the NHS for so many reasons. But they had a a, um, a campaign earlier, uh, a couple of years ago, I think it was, which was Catch It, Bin It, Kill It. And it was to do with the flu virus. Achoo. Catch it, bin it, kill it. Thought process: catch the thought, bin it, and kill it. Take ev- the Bible tells us to take every thought captive. And if you get into the mindset of our, oh, yep, catch that. Is it good? No, bin it, kill it. Is it good? Dwell on it. Because that will build you up. So catch it, bin it, kill it. And lastly, get a prayer or accountability partner because if you want to break strongholds that have been holding you back for what seems like forever if you've got somebody who lovingly will say to you how's that going do you need some help can we meet to pray what do i need to do to help you continue to break that stronghold but that only comes out of relationship it comes out of love it comes out of trust and Here this morning, I really wanted to say there is no blame. If you've got strongholds in your life, I'm not going to be pointing the finger. Because, cheese, when I point the finger, three point back at me. So if I'm saying you, I might be pointing one very special finger at Gaz, but I've got three pointing back at me. Jesus himself, isn't that amazing as well? Because Jesus said, he is without sin. Do what? Cast the first stone. Scripture is always brilliant. And I I just want to to close what I want to say. Uh, Perhaps if the worship band um, would come up. Um, Isaiah 55 and verse 9, it says, As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Again, I think it's absolutely brilliant. God gives us all this amazing stuff. And he doesn't say, do this because you're my slave. It's do this because I created you. I know you. I know what's good for you. Because I created you, I know how your mind works. And actually, I think better thoughts than you. So when I write something down for you to meditate upon, it's for your good. It will build you up. It will develop you. It will strengthen your faith. I think that's amazing. And of course, Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. So again, do you know, it's it's kind of like being rebellious for the sake of it. In our Christian walk, God doesn't want us to be rebellious. He wants us to follow him. And every... I challenge you to look at any verse in the Bible that asks us to do something. It's always followed by a promise of how God will be faithful to us and things will go right for us. Very often, um, you know, kids, you know, uh, was it parents, do not exasperate your children. Um, That's always taken out of context, Parents, we often take the fifth commandment out of context. Children, obey your parents. But what does it say after that? It says that it may go well with you. So whenever God asks us to do something, it is to do us good. So that things may go well with us. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Trust God with all your heart. In all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. Where's the Where's the catch? There isn't one. Follow me and I will lead you. Follow me, I'll look after you. Follow me, I will protect you. Set your thoughts on mine and I will look after you. I think it's absolutely brilliant. I'm going to, I think we'll pray now. Is that all right? And then uh, I've got some ideas about, um, about what we might do. So let, let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you that we live in a world and we don't wage war as the world does. Thank you, God, that the weapons that we fight with are spiritual weapons. They have divine power to demolish strongholds. Thank you, Father, that sometimes strongholds take root and we're not aware of them. Well, this morning, Lord, we want to speak freedom Mm -hmm. over each other. We want to break strongholds this morning. Holy Spirit, we want you to move and to minister and to bring refreshing and freedom to people today. Thank you, Lord, that you're not pointing the finger and blaming us. You're saying, I love you. I want the best for you. And we thank you for that.